Hello, and welcome to the UFC 250 pre-fight show. My bad for making this a little a little later than usual. There's only, you know, uh, six hours to the prelims, but hey, it's going to, I think it's an under, underestimated card in all honesty. I think there's a lot of, a lot of great fights that I'm looking forward to. Um, I mean, there's not, you know, two or three championship bouts or, you know, the top contender fight, you know, all that stuff. But all in all, there's a lot of even fights in here and a lot of exciting fighters that I'm, I'm really excited to see perform. A lot of people that I've liked for a long time. So, um, <laughs> let's just get started with the uh, main event here. I really, okay, let's, let me put this out there. I have no disrespect for Felicia Spencer whatsoever. She's a great fighter. She had a great submission in her, in her last, um, in her last bout, it was a first round submission, um, which is hard to do. It's <laughs> it's really hard to do to get someone down to the ground that quick and get a submission, you know, before a fight's even settled, is settled in, you know. Um, so that was very impressive. But in my opinion, Amanda Nunes is just a completely different animal, and you know, my prediction for this fight is is a first round knockout for for Nunes. When you look at her past performances. And, and see who she's being. She's on a 10-fight win streak, I'm pretty sure. But let's look at who these 10 people are. Six of them have been or is still a champion. Um, you look at Valentina Shevchenko. She beat Shevchenko twice in two decisions. Um, but Shevchenko is the champion right now of the, uh, the, the flyweight division. So she beat her twice. Um, obviously it was at Nunez's weight, so, you know, Shevchenko wasn't affected belt-wise. Um, and then you got Chris Cyborg. <laughs> you saw what happened to her. You know, she was the tough, you know, the big, bad, tough, one of the best, strongest, you know, strongest, he heaviest hitter, uh, women's fighters, right? Nunez pieced her apart like it was nothing. Ronda Rousey, arguably the best grappler around, got leveled. Misha Tate. You know, I, you know, I watched me. I saw Misha Tate live. She's a great fighter. She's great on the ground. Her stand-up game isn't even that bad. It's pretty complete. Got submitted in the first round by Nunez. Now look, she's she, and look Holly Holm, right? Great on the feet. She's a world champion kickboxer. Um, obviously she she did beat Ronda Rousey in, in a very impressive performance. So she was a great fighter. Nunez knocked her out with a head kick. Holly Holm's specialty. Are, are kicks. She's a kickboxer. Now, this is what I mean. Nunez has taken some of these fighters and has beaten them where they're best at. Misha Tate submitted her. You know, and Misha Tate's a great grappler. Holly Holmes, head kick, knockout. Cyborg, just pieced her apart on the feet. You know what I mean? And as good as Felicia Spencer is, I don't think she is as athletic as, you know, Rousey, Holmes, you know, those fighters. And I don't think she she's not as technically sound on the feet as, let's say, Cyborg or Valentina Shevchenko. And I don't know if she's as good on the ground as Rousey and Misha Tate are. So, you know, if you look at Nunez's past opponents and then compare them to, to Spencer, in theory, this should be an easy fight for Nunez. This should just be a fight for her... Um, you know, when you got to have the three fights a year, they try to have three fights a year. You got to get them in. Um, and I think Spencer is has been doing very well. Um, 
the last three her you know her three UFC fights she has two wins and a and a loss her loss was a decision to Chris Cyborg I believe so you know she can go head to you know head to head with those people but look she lost a five round decision to Chris Cyborg Nunes beat Chris Cyborg in one minute you know what I mean so. You know, as good as she is, I think Nunez Nunez really is just on a on another level, in my opinion. You know, you have the the second best, you know, female fighter here, you know, at, at Nunez's weight, and then Nunez is just on a different chart, pretty much. Um, I I think you know, I hope Felicia gives a give a runs for her money. You know, if she can if she can close the distance early, and make Nunez you know, not be able to stay in her striking range because she has very long punches, very long punches. She can keep distance, hit from a very, you know, far distance. If she prohibits Nunes from doing that, backs up against the cage, and then tries to grapple, maybe get in the clinch game early, tire Nunes out, maybe get try to get on to the later rounds, then maybe, then maybe. But Nunes also fought, my apologies for forgetting, Jermaine Durandamy, who was also a former champion. And she went five rounds with her, toe-to-toe, and won. Unanimous decision, you know what I mean? So, I feel like the only way Nunes can lose is by making big mistakes. And one thing Nunes does not do is make big mistakes. So, I know she was like a minus 600 uh, favorite. Um, So, it's obviously tough to bet on anyone that's a minus 600 favorite. Um, cause you're not making much money, uh, for what you're betting, but you know, I, I think she's the clear winner. Um, I wouldn't bet on Spencer. Um, it'd be a great payday, but I, you know, I wouldn't do it. Um, I hope it's a great fight. It should be, but yeah, I think Nunez is going to get that, get the win for sure on that one. Um, the co-main event, which in my opinion should not be the co-main event, but it is, I can't change that. Um, Cody Garbrandt versus Rafael Asensio. Now, both of these fighters are coming off losses. But when you look at uh, Garbrandt, however, he's coming off three knockout losses. Now, I don't know much about, you know, if you get knocked out once, it's easier to get knocked out the second time and the third time. I don't know too much about that. I don't know about the health part of that. But, I think it's safe to say Garbrandt's chin isn't that strong. So, in my opinion, there's always a possibility where he can get clipped. You know, he's very quick and uh, throws big, heavy overhands. So, if Rafael was, you know, slipped one and caught him with a, you know, like a quick hook across the jaw, you know, maybe that could knock him out. It really could. Um, I don't think Asensio is as strong as Dillashaw was. I mean, Dillashaw was on PEDs. He got suspended, so obviously that could have helped him. But Dillashaw was always very strong, no matter what supplements he was taking. He's a strong guy. Um, but I still think that's a possibility. Now, if Garbrandt fights like he did against Cruz many years ago, that was one of the best performances I'd ever seen. Dominic Cruz is the best bantamweight of all time. Um, I mean, you can argue Henry Cejudo is, but I mean... Dominic Cruz was for a longer period of time. That's the only reason I say that. He was dominant for a longer period of time. Um, 
But, I mean, Garbrandt, you know, just demolished um, Dominic Cruz. He really did. He His... Dominic Cruz has a very, I've talked about this before, he has a very unusual style of fighting. He moves around very well. Um, and Garbrandt was able to handle that, you know, completely perfectly. Garbrandt's a fast, fast fighter. He really is. Uh, does a lot of feints up, down, you know. Um, and I think, you know, if he performs like he did then, this is going to be a win for him. That Rafael is going to be hard to, hard to combat that. Um, so really, I think the winner of this fight is just, who has learned more? From their past mistakes in their last two or three fights and and how much have they changed and prepared to fix those mistakes um and let's say both have i think garbrandt's the better fighter so i think garbrandt's gonna win and garbrandt's very strong i think he can knock essentially out 100 percent um so yeah my prediction is garbrandt knocks him out but if it goes to to a decision it you know It'll be a difficult one because Garbrandt, you know, throw these giant big punches, a lot of big punches. Um, but if you, you know, if you're getting into this grappling kind of clinch game, a little bit on the ground, um, Garbrandt isn't going to get as many points for the judges by doing that. Um, so if it went to a decision in that case, maybe you could give it to Asensio then. Um, but again, I, I don't I don't think it will. I know Garbrandt's a very, he's a very good fighter, so I think he'll be able to get the job done. Um, but no matter what happens, I, you know, I'm very excited to see the fight. I'm, I'm happy to see Garbrandt again. You know, I always liked him, so I think he's a great guy. Um, so it'll be very interesting. Um, but the next fight is what should have been the co-main event. Um, you have Aljamain Sterling versus Corey Sandhagen. Now, besides the obvious fact that both of these fighters are ranked higher than Garbrandt and uh, Asensio in just the overall bantamweight rankings. This fight has more implications for future title fights in the bantamweight division than the Garbrandt fight. Um, one thing I, I wrote about this um, the other day, uh, I'm very intrigued. Dana White had said that Petr Jan will most likely fight Jose Aldo for the vacant uh, bantamweight belt. And I mean, I, I strongly disagree with that. That, in my opinion, makes no sense. Because you have a guy in Marlon Moraes who has won many fights in a row, including a fight against Jose Aldo. He beat Jose Aldo just two fights ago. He beat him. And he's the one seed in the bantamweight division, the number one contender in the bantamweight division. I don't know why he was not given the fight against Petr Jan for for the Van Capel. That one doesn't make sense to me. So you look at, but then again, you look at the Aljamain Sterling fight, right? Um, Aljamain is the two seed, so you know obviously he he could have a shot at the title. And then Corey Sanhagen has fought very well. He's fought very well recently, and. Beating Asensio, actually, in his last fight. Um, so I have a feeling that the winner of this fight will probably get Marlon Moraes or the loser of the Petr Jan-Jose Aldo fight. Or maybe the winner of that fight. It's very it's very hard to tell what they're going to do with Moraes, but I think Moraes should have the first fight, whoever wins, Jan or Aldo. He should have been given the title shot anyways. So I think he'll be the first opponent. 
Um, so these guys will just be next after that, the winner, the winner of this fight. But this fight, this fight's very interesting. It's very even, and it m might be the most even fight that I'm going to talk about today. Um, should have been the co-main event, but uh, Sterling has a very good grappling game. He does. Um, he's been in more UFC fights um, than Sandhagen, so he has more experience. But Sandhagen, however, um, I heard the term, I, I liked it, he's Cruz 2.0. He has a very unique um, way of fighting on the feet, he moves around very well, um, unique patterns. Um, so really, the winner of this fight is going to be whoever controls it. Um, I know that makes sense, but hear me out. If Sterling, sorry, my mic just ran out of battery, actually. Um, and I, my charger is somewhere, so I'm just going to do the podcast just through my laptop audio as of right now. Um, sorry for the weird change of audio, um, middle of the podcast here, but no biggie. So, uh, what I was saying is if Aljamain Sterling can take the fight to Corey Sandhagen and put him on his back, grapple with him. I mean, Sterling has a huge, huge advantage there. So if he's able to do that against Corey, I think, you know, by by decision, Sterling will probably be able to get the win. Now, if Sandhagen puts pressure on him, a lot of pressure, um, remember, it's, it's hard to secure takedowns when you're moving backwards and when you're pinched up against the, the cage. Um... So if Sandhagen can keep distance and, you know, stay center of the octagon, push Sterling a little bit, little, you know, bit back, then Sandhagen could could definitely have the advantage, like a huge, huge advantage on, on the feet. And if it stays on the feet, you could pick Sterling apart. And now look, if Sterling gets more tired or he gets clipped a couple times, it's much harder to take an opponent down. It's incredibly difficult to get the opponent down. So that, you know, if it... If it happens to go that way, Sandhagen could, you know, easily get this. It's a very even fight, and I'm super excited for it. Um, but, you know, my final prediction, I think Sterling it has fought very well recently, and he's a much better grappler. So if they can get him to the ground, um, do a lot of work on the ground, just secure a few takedowns, because really if, if they're kind of even on the feet, if Sandhagen can't get too many big shots off and Sterling is able to secure some takedowns, He'll get points, uh, you know, from the judges, and boom, there, you know, there's the decision victory for him. Um, but it could go either way. I'm, you know, I'm just guessing here. Uh, the next fight, Neil Magny versus Anthony Rocco Martin. I just saw, you know, we saw a few events ago at um, McGregor versus Cowboy, UFC 248. Neil Magny was incredible. He fought Li Jingliang. And completely, completely dominated him. Um, I was looking at the stats the other day. It, he Magni landed over a hundred strikes or so, and Jing Liang in that fight landed like seventeen. It was something incredible. I had never seen anything like that. Um, but now you look at you look at Anthony Martin. He's more skilled, but you know he's 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 very vulnerable. Um, you know against people like Magni who can clinch very well and uh, has a high, you know, has a good cardio and keeps a high pace. Um, 
Neil Magny also has a reach advantage in this fight, a, a big reach advantage. He has a size advantage over Martin by a lot. So even though Martin could be a little more tactically skilled, right? Magny was very impressive on the feet against Xing Liang. Very impressive on the feet. And he's got size. I mean, if if Martin's able to, you know, just this when you have a, a, a very good striker like Magny, um, all you got to do is you got to you got to beat the front leg. So every time he you know throws punches, it's they're just weaker. They're just weaker. You can't get that much power out, out of your league leg. So if you just slowly do little jabs, pick them apart, you know, go around the outside, do the little necessary things you got to do, it could prohibit Magny from performing as well as he did the last time. But he looked very sharp and very dangerous against um, Jing Liang. I'm almost surprised that he didn't knock him out. Uh, he probably should have. But um, I think Magny's going to get this one. It'll probably go to decision. Magny doesn't show super extreme uh, punching power. So it'll probably go to decision. But hey, if he picks him apart like he did Jing Liang, it, it should be an easy decision. Um, probably unanimous decision. Um, now I'm going to move on. It's the first fight of the pay-per-views, but it's one of, I, I mean, besides Amanda Nunes, because I love watching Nunes. I'm very excited for this fight. Sean O'Malley versus Eddie Wineland. Sean O'Malley is incredible. I love watching this guy. He's super fun, unique, uh, and he goes out and just fights just so fierce with the weird karate style, flying around, doing, you know, swinging heel kicks, jumping around, Superman punches, does all the crazy stuff, but they all work somehow. You know, he, he landed a great head kick, you know, in his last fight, um, but really, he just controls the octagon so well. He's so fast. And he puts so much constant pressure um, on his opponents. And, you know, after his layoff and then, he, you know, in his last fight, he performed as, as good as he ever has. And honestly, I think he's probably coming into this fight even better than his last fight. It seems like he keeps improving every time um, he goes out there. Um, and now look, let's look at Eddie Wineland. He has more experience than, than O'Malley for sure. And he has very good you know, power for Bantamweight. He likes body shots. Um, but look, you have strength, right? But he has all the strength, but that makes him slower. He isn't that fast. Now, the issue is O'Malley is very, very fast. He has a very diverse striking background. He can go, you know, he can fight you um, both southpaw and orthodox, uh, throw a very, a, a wide, wide variety of these punches and kicks. And... Seeing Wineland, he, you know, he doesn't wrestle that much. Um, you heard the famous quote from McGregor, precision beats power, timing beats speed. Now look, <laughs> O'Malley has the precision, timing, and the speed. <laughs> and, you know, so I think when you just look at, look at that straight up, you look at their, you know, their two skill sets. For O'Malley, you have a, I think this is a perfect fight for him. Wineland's a veteran, but a very beatable veteran. So I think O'Malley should be able to get the, uh, I think, you know, in my opinion, O'Malley's going to get a knockout here. Um, I've read many, many reports, many articles, many people think it'll, you know, just be a unanimous decision will pick him apart. But O'Malley has, you know, he has good strength for being such a thin guy. Um, and I think he's just going to put 
on constant pressure on, on Wyland, and I think he's going to get a finish. O'Malley, look, he's trying to move up in the ranks. He's trying to, you know, build up the hype around him. He has plenty of hype around him already, but he's trying to, you know, get to that next level. Um, and to do that, you got to get finishes. I mean, you look at fighters even like John Jones. Um, people used to love him. He used to be finishing all these guys. He would do these crazy submissions. And then his last six, seven fights were all decisions. And people don't have fun watching his fights when they know exactly what he's going to do and it's just going to be boring, right? O'Malley's not going to do that. He's going to go out and put on a show, the sugar show, just like how he says, right? And uh, I think he's going to do that again. I'm very excited for this fight. Um, if you haven't seen it, his afro is like rainbow colored. He looks like uh, 6'9". It's, it's hilarious. He's, you know, he's going to do great. Um, so, yeah, I think O'Malley wins that fight for sure. Um, and then I'm just going to go over one prelim here that I'm very excited about, and that's Alex Caceres versus Chase Hooper. Um, Chase Hooper, if you don't know, is from Dana White's Contender Series. Um, he was the youngest um, fighter. He is the youngest fighter in the UFC. He went into the Contender Series as a 17-year-old. Um, he's 20 right now, and he's a very good grappler. Very, very good grappler. Um... I mean, I don't know if he's as good as Bryce Mitchell. I remember I, I, I went over this uh, last weekend or, or so that, um, you know, Bryce Mitchell had one of the, the best performances on the ground I had ever seen at uh, UFC 249. Um, but, you know, Hooper's dangerous on the ground. He's got very, very good submissions. He's not that strong. He's not that good on the feet, but he's, he's brutal on the ground. Um, and now... You know, Alex Caceres, he's had a lot of controversy in the past that he just goes wherever the other fighter wants to go. If the other guy's standing up, he'll stand up. If they go to the ground, he'll try to grapple with him. That's an issue. If you go to the ground with Chase Hooper, he's going to submit you. He's just going to. Um, I mean, I think he will at least. Um, he's got the a big size advantage. I think he's like Chase Hooper's maybe six inches taller than Caceres. Very, um, he's a tall guy for... The division, as you can see, though he's a very light fighter too. He's very thin, um, but I'm excited. He's 20 years old. You know, his stand-up game's not that good. It's not that good. But hey, if he gets him on the ground, I think it's, I think it's game over, for sure. Um, and you know, he's got. You know, he had uh, in the contender series. He had the. You know, he was the most followed fighter. He had the most. Um, Dana White had a little statistic that he had the most fans watching him, you know, in his fights over all the other fighters there. So obviously he's very popular. Um, and he's a cool guy. Um, fun guy. He always does funny videos, um, with other UFC fighters and stuff on social media. So if you haven't seen him, check it out. He did a great one with Jorge Masvidal. He pranked Jorge Masvidal into thinking, um, that Chase Hooper was, uh, Ben Askren's son because they kind of look similar, and uh, Masvidal looked, got all upset and nervous and stuff, and it was re it was actually a really funny bit that he did, um, so go check that out if you haven't seen it, but uh, yeah, though, you know, those are the fights I'm super excited to see, you know, there, there's other good fights, fights on here, but, um, you know, they're, they're not as good, um, as some would have hoped, but, uh, you know, all in all, I think it's going to be a fun card, it's going to be a good card, um, I'll go over it one more time, Chase Hooper by submission 
I believe. I think he Caceres, even though Caceres is a veteran, you know, he's had plenty of fights in the UFC. I think he's had 21 fights in the UFC. But the issue for Caceres is he's had one finish, I believe. One finish in his 21 UFC fights. That's not that that's not good. And uh if he's gonna take the fight wherever Hooper takes it, he's gonna go to the ground, he's gonna submit him. And that's it. So Hooper by submission. Um O'Malley Wineland. O'Malley's too fast, too quick, too precise. He has a ginormous striking advantage, and neither of them grapple. Really well, O'Malley can, but neither of them will choose to, I don't think. O'Malley will will win by knockout. Uh Neil Magny versus Anthony Rocco Martin. Magny, in my opinion, has just looked very sharp recently, and he's great on the feet. I think it'll be a unanimous decision, similar to what he did against Li Jingliang. He will outstrike and outland Anthony Martin, and that'll just win over the judges. Um, Aljamain Sterling versus Corey Sandhagen. As good as Corey Sandhagen is on the feet, Sterling is very good. Um, he's performed very well, and if he is able to do um, to back Sandhagen up against the, the cage, put him on his back, clinch with him, grapple with him, and even if it goes, you know, for all three rounds, if that happens, Sterling's going to win. He's going to have the control, the grappling control, the takedowns, and that's going to win over the judges. I think Aljamain Sterling by decision. Asensio versus Cody Garbrandt. If it goes to a decision, I would give it to Asensio because Garbrandt is more of a, uh, you know, come in, land a huge shot, back out kind of fighter. Um, but I think Cody Garbrandt's going to knock him out. Three knockout losses is a lot in a row for Garbrandt, and he knows that he has to win this fight, and I think he's going to go try to come out with a bang, sleep Asensio early, so Garbrandt with a knockout. And Nunez, Felicia Spencer, as good as Spencer is, Nunez has fought much, much tougher opponents, both stylistically, athletically, you know, and, and in a bigger spotlight. So this fight, I think, will just be too easy for Nunez. I'm expecting a first-round knockout for Amanda Nunez. Um, again, thank you so much for listening. Um, recently, I made a website. It's just kevinschusterperspective.com. And, uh, you know, I if you don't like listening that much uh, to any podcast, really, it's easier to read or you'd like to read more. I put a lot of my thoughts... I, I just started. I only have four articles up. I think I'll have like eight done by the end of today. But, um, you know, I'll throw out weekly articles on there about some news going on in the UFC. And also, I do all of my pre-fight predictions and post-fight analysis also um, in written form. I'm going to write out some articles for all for all pay-per-view events and some fight night events if, if I, you know, I'm super interested in them. So, obviously, if you can, please go check that out too. Um, Thank you for listening. As always, stay safe with the coronavirus stuff going on. Enjoy the fights tonight. Have a good one.